Hi, and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, serial entrepreneur and co-creator of the Network for Transformational Leaders. Each week, I interview top thought leaders that are changing the world. They share their life stories and tips on how to find your purpose, empowering you to create your own life. This podcast is sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. This eight-week online course, launching in May, demystifies the subject of Dharma and helps you tune in to why you're really here. Life is not meant to be hard, and when we get on our soul path, it all changes. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your Dharma for more information. And without further ado, let's dive into the next episode. interviewed the gorgeous Carrie Steers. She's a psychic medium who utilizes astrology and numerology in her readings. How on earth do you get to become a psychic medium? Well, she tells us her story, her transition. She got her gift at the age of six. And then Carrie had to work through some really quite difficult periods where she was abused. And she's very open and honest about how she dealt with this and what it taught her. So she gives some really practical advice for you about how to step into your purpose, how to follow your soul path and really become the person that you're meant to be. So good morning and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have with me the beautiful Carrie Steers. Hello. 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 It's such an honor to be here with you. Well, I'm very excited to hear your life story. For those of you that don't know, Carrie is a psychic medium and she utilizes astrology and numerology. And personally, I've experienced her readings and she's got an amazing gift. So I'm really excited that she's come to share her story today. Welcome, my darling. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and share with all of you. So So how do you become a psychic medium? Well, it's the age old question. (laughs) Um, Well, I'll tell you what, before we even dive into that, I will say that I believe everyone has the aptitude for this work. Um, Everyone is born with um, intuition and is able to sense energy. I feel like some of us just have a greater aptitude for it or have developed it. And I think that's, that's my, that's the case for me. I didn't really even know I had it, to be honest, until I was six years old when I was at my grandmother's funeral. And my grandmother was my best friend in, my enti- in this entire world, which is what many of you out there can totally relate to. And she passed very, very unexpectedly. And we were um, at the funeral. And as I was watching her casket and the preacher talking, um, she, her body was in the casket at the church and all of a sudden I hear this noise behind me and I hear someone saying, Hey pumpkin, hey pumpkin, which was my nickname. Oh. And <laughs> all of a sudden I looked up, we were um 
from the church pew, I looked up and here my grandmother is walking down the center aisle of the church, oh followed um, by a handful of people behind her. She's dressed in her Sunday best and she uh-huh. stops at our pew and she says, well, help you know, hi there. She says, um, I'm like, a grandma, you're supposed to be up there in that casket. And she's like, oh, no, 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 pumpkin. She's like, this is my big day. This is my day. Um, she's like, so I need you to scoot down and make some room because I've got some friends with me too. And <laughs> not only has she got dressed up for her funeral, she well, to know my <laughs> grandmother is to know a woman who is very always well put together. So she Thank would you. never, and the church, she was a, a standout member of the community and certainly a highest member of the church. And she sang in the choir. So church was a big deal for her. And so I remember whispering into my mother's ear saying, mom, I know you think I'm crazy, but um, grandma's here and she's got some friends and we need to make some room for her. And my mom looked at me, <laughs> a slightly odd expression. And then all of a sudden I saw her whisper to my dad and my dad whispered to my grandfather. And all of a sudden we all shifted down to one side of the church pew so that I had plenty of room to sit with my grandmother and all of her friends. Wow. So what your family, your family kind of went with the fact that she was there. I think they must have been like, I have no idea what was going on with them temporarily in awe. Like, I think they were out of their minds. (laughs) Maybe they were like, well, with a humor at a six-year-old, you'd be like, oh, of course, you know. Okay, honey. Okay. So, and literally at that point, my grandmother, you know, the preacher was talking about her and she would clap. She would even tell you things about her. She was so excited. She was so proud. The choir sang, and oh, she sang with them, and um, it was quite a show. And at the end of the funeral, she stood up to leave, and I looked at her, and I was like, "You're leaving?" And she said, "Oh yes, honey." She said, "But don't you worry." She said, "You can see me now, and you have a very special gift. You're always going to be able to see me. Okay, so don't worry. You're going to see me in the future. Don't be afraid. I'm always, always here." And you remember this so vividly. Uh, vividly, like you, like it was yesterday. Like it wow. was yesterday. That's how real and very clear it was to me. And by by golly, it, I, it was it was within the year that I started seeing her. So I would see her in dreams. I would see her around me. I would feel her energy around me. And so she was my first introduction into this work. And at first, you know, I thought, oh, this is normal. Everyone experiences this. But then I would tell my mom about it or my sister about it. And they're like, "Uh, we're not having these experiences. And did you have, um, like, was your grandmother psychic? Is there like a line, is is kind of a line of it through the family that you know? Well, the way I've been taught is that it tends to work through a, there is a DNA pattern to it. I know that's kind of, they talk about that in kind of lore, but that's what I've always been shown. So actually, what I've been shown is that my other grandmother on my mother's side because um, had that gift. That's what she always told me and that she had the gift. My mother is very intuitive. My sister is extremely intuitive. So mm-hmm. I think it does come through the line. But again, I am not one of these people who says, oh, there's only a few certain people in this world who can do this work. I don't think that's mm-hmm. true. Just like I think that you could go to school and learn how to be a doctor or a lawyer or you know a nurse, but certain people have greater aptitudes for it so um and it's something that I always knew about when I was in my teen when I was a teen I would um 
you know, I would see people, I would go to accident sites and I would know who had crossed and, you know, I knew things about people before they, you know, it had transpired, but I was so blessed because my mother, bless her heart, um, when I was 12 years old, so many things have been happening and she wanted to find some support for me. And there happened to be a spiritualist church um, about yeah. an hour north of us. And she took me to see a woman there um, who became my mentor. And so from about the ages 12 or 13, I was mentored in the spiritualist church. So Suzanne, my mentor, taught me, she explained my gift to me. And she's like, you're not crazy. <laughs> you're not losing your mind. Uh, this is real. It's a thing. And she helped, um, she helped me learn how to use my gift. She taught me all about numerology. She taught me a little bit about astrology. She taught me about, you know, Oracle cards and you know, the tarot. Um, so she kind of gave me my tools. Fantastic. And that's so wonderful to have that kind of mentorship because otherwise it would have been probably quite freaky. You wouldn't have, you know, you'd be different and there's nothing <laughs> worse than a child than being seen as different or odd or different, you know, yeah, so, it was freaky. You know, I think growing up, I grew up in a very rural setting in a very small town. And even with that support, it still was freaky. You know, I still felt really different. I was always afraid to talk about my gift. I was always afraid to to share it with other people for out of fear of being judged, out of fear of, you know, um, people telling me that I was crazy, you know. Um, yeah, so I, for anyone listening, actually, if you've got the same thing happening or you know you know that you've got the psychic ability or gift then it's definitely a good idea to seek out a mentor and and find your tribe yes find a group of people who do get it okay mm-hmm. I think it's becoming a lot more acceptable in our culture but there still is some old there are some old um I don't mores against it you know who people say oh it's crazy or it's you know a dark thing but for me I I feel like all my mentorship and all my work I know it comes from a very from God and from a divine source and people can say that that's crazy but for me it feels very divinely loved there's nothing dark about it it's you know we have loved ones who when we leave our bodies when they leave their bodies they want to make contact you know they want to share with us they want us to know that they're okay they mm-hmm. want to make amends they for things that you know were not said or for hurts that they you know the, the ways in which they hurt others they they want to make contact mm. so and that's mm. uh that's what we do yeah. <laughs> we had a conversation Carrie and I before we came on air and we were talk, both talking about our grandmothers and we could both feel like literally and again <laughs> you know so, up comes the energy and I, well, I always feel it in the back of my neck my back of my neck gets hot and my uh, arms kind of get all tingly with energy and I know that my grandmother's around when that happens I I get very emotional and you know I think it's a testament for everyone out there who is questioning about life after death or what happens to us Mm -hmm. when we you know when we leave our bodies or what's going to happen if I leave people behind you know my grandmother has been gone for 35 years and yet I still consider her to be my best friend you know I talk to her Mm -hmm. every day throughout my day I talk to her and I see signs of her throughout sprinkled throughout my days and that's also something lovely for people listening if you've lost a loved one it could be your father it could be a grandparent you know you can talk to them you can ask for signs and you can communicate with them you know just start just start trying you know and how how would you suggest that someone go about that well I think first off that first piece is just having the willingness to believe that there is something greater Mm -hmm. (laughs) than this body to think 
mean, for me, I think, goodness gracious, we live in such a complex world and there are, um, we have to believe, I guess it's the same thing about believing about aliens or whatever, you know, that there is such intelligence in this universe that I, for myself, just, I can't imagine that this is all that there is, you know, mm-hmm. there has to be more. There's, that's just an inner understanding that I have. So it's that willingness to believe that there could be more, the willingness to believe that this body could be temporary and that the soul, you know, the soul inhabits the body, um, that the soul is infinite and lives on forever. So it's that the first step I would say is just the belief. The second step is just to say, to have a conversation and a conversation doesn't have to be like a pious conversation and in complete stillness. It can be, it can be just saying out loud, out loud to saying to your loved ones in spirit or whoever it is that you'd like to hear from. Hi, I'd really like to make contact. Can you show me a sign? Can you send me a sign? Mm. I love you. I miss you. Can you send me a sign? And then once you've asked for the sign, then you have to be willing and open to receiving the sign. So you're seeing a bird, you know, like you're taking a walk and you see a bird and a tree who's staring at you, you know, perhaps in that moment, you're like, oh my goodness, that's spirit or a butterfly, you know, flying around your face, you know, Um, or finding a drop point in a random space um, or finding a feather or just simply feeling a warmth around your body. these are all things that you could dismiss as being, oh, whatever, that's just, you know, coincidence, or that's just something that happens in everyday life. But these are the means in which spirit uses to reach out to us, you know? I would you say it's probably when you least expect it, that they'll do it as well. Absolutely. I agree with that. But I do think there is something to be said for setting the intention about asking, you know, about saying to, the, saying to your loved ones, hi, I really want to, or your spirit guides, if that's something you're trying to do, hi, I want to make contact. Um, please give me a sign. And there's a million different signs that they could offer, but it's something that you will know. And it's something you'll feel in your body and you'll be like, wait, was that, <laughs> was that a sign or was that what I think it was? My answer to you is yes. <laughs> <laughs> if yes. this is the song you were looking for, then this is it. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Absolutely. But, but take us back, Carrie, because obviously you've been talking about your childhood. You started to get mentored with your gift. But I know that you also had, you know, some challenges when you were growing up as well. Absolutely. You know, I grew up... Um, I grew up in a very small town and it's interesting. My parents had lived all over the world and they came back to a small town thinking it was going to be the safe, secure place to raise their kids. Um, But in fact, it was a place that for me, I felt very different. Um, I was also, as if that wasn't hard enough, just having this extra gift and feeling like I was always different from everyone else. I was also, I struggle with, you know, childhood sexual abuse. So I'm a sexual abuse survivor. And that happened for years when I was very young. And, you know, anyone out there who has um, experienced abuse of any kind um, or who knows someone who has experienced abuse knows how just crippling it is to your self-esteem, you know, crippling. Um, And there's a lot of shame associated with it and a lot of feeling of like, oh, my gosh, I'm not good enough. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not lovable. Uh, There's something dirty, something not right with me. Uh, and it took me years and years to work through that. Um, it wasn't until my early twenties after I dated a lot of, you know, been in a lot of dysfunctional relationships that I said, you know what? And I wasn't feeling good about myself. And I thought there just has to be another way. There has to be a better way. 
Um, and if I want to help anyone in this world, if I want to be of service to this world, then I have to heal myself first. It was like, wow, I felt really strongly. There was a message for me from spirit, which said, you know, you're going to help a lot of people, but you got to get clear with yourself first. Um, mm. And you got to put in the time with yourself so that you can live your fullest life so that you can go and help others. So how did you approach that? How did you work through the shame, the guilt, the feelings that were coming up because of it? Well, I found a good therapist, you know, or a good counselor. Um, you, you can call it different things. And because I knew in that moment that I didn't have the tools to, to go yeah. out. I was like, I had tried, I'd read all these books. I'd talked to people, um, but I couldn't find any peace of mind. I couldn't, I didn't have the tools necessary. And so I just, my mom has her master's in counseling. We grew up in a world where counseling was a part of what we did. And I just thought, wow, I need support here. So I remember calling someone and saying, can you please give me a referral to someone who specializes in working with abuse cases? Um, I want the best and I want to work through this. Now, the funny thing is, I remember sitting in front of my, in my therapist's office, office for the first time. I remember saying to her, so this is going to take what, like a few months to work through this? So this is going to be a very quick process? <laughs> that was funny. Uh, she kind of laughed at me and she was like, uh, yeah, sure, a few months, a few months. And then 10 years later, you know, is when I finally graduated, you know, from working with her one-on-one. -on -one. But I, I tell people there's no magic formula for working through um, fears and traumatic events that happened in childhood or in our lives. There's no magic formula. There's no way of getting around it. You just have to do the work. You have to find a professional. You have to find a support team that can, that specializes in whatever type of healing you're needing. Um, mm -hmm. And you have to find that support team and you have to commit to it um, 100%. And that's what I did for a long time. And in that process, you know, I learned how to love myself. I learned a lot of inner child work. I realized how, you know, I had my, this inner child had formed this adult who was very dissociated from all that pain, who was very afraid of all feeling or touching on all of that childhood pain. And so we kind of had to bring the two together. So to integrate the two together so that we could give voice to the parts of myself that were hurting so deeply, you know? I have been so afraid of those parts of myself for so long that I kind of stuffed them away. Mm -hmm. um, and it was finally giving, allowing those parts of myself to cry, to release all this pent up emotion. Yeah, well, that's what we do, isn't it, as human beings? If we've got something traumatic that happens to us, we do shut it off and we disassociate from it, which actually is the worst thing we can do. Whereas you look at animals, you know, if they have a, if they're scared, they shake. And of course that's them releasing their trauma. But as human beings, we hug it in and we, you know, we kind of do something so wrong with your dear life, you know, and we avoid it. We just, yeah, we want somehow for it to just magically fix itself and for it to magically get better. But, um, you learn after a while that that doesn't actually happen, that the, the magic pill is getting help and doing the work on yourself, you know, investing in yourself, doing the work on yourself. When you look back at that experience now, like I always think hindsight is a kind of wonderful thing. Like, can you see why you needed to go through that? 
golly, a million percent. And that's the reason why I always say everything that is happening in your life or that has happened in your life is here to help you and it's here to serve you. And when I look back at the abuse, I think to myself, wow, had I not experienced that, I, um, you know, that experience taught me how to love myself. It's like, I was so, I was, take, my self-esteem was taken down to a very foundational level. It was basically obliterated. And so I had to learn how to build myself up from a very foundational level, the basic foundational place. Um, I had to learn that process. And mm -hmm. in learning that process, now I'm able to help others to do the same, you know? So I had to learn it from a very fundamental, like basic place. Mm -hmm. It also gave me a lot of compassion. You know, there's also from, you know, I have um, in my family, there is not for myself, but other family members with addiction issues. Um, and so working through that too, um, you know, it helps me to have compassion. There's, there's nothing anyone can tell me that will shock me, surprise me, or freak me out. <laughs> I feel like I've seen it all and yeah. I've experienced a lot of it. And um, so I have a lot of compassion and I have a lot of tools to help other people as a result. I mean, I think to myself, you know, um, I wouldn't trade that experience for the world, which I know some people will say that's absolutely insane, but I wouldn't. It, it made me into the woman that I am today. Yes. Um, and I'm proud, like, I'm so proud of the person that I am today. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm so proud to fully love myself, even though it's always going to be a work in progress, you know, there's still old messages or, you know, my inner self sometimes still freaks out and she still gets really upset, but at least now I have the tools to help her and consequently can help other people too. Mm. So, yeah, I think it gives you a perspective, doesn't it? When you work through something like that, or you've gone through a traumatic event, it kind of gives you a perspective on life that you necessarily wouldn't have had, had you not gone through the pain. Yes. Mm. And it teaches you as well that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I can say that with authority to others. And I know you can as well, that when you do the work on yourself, there is hope. It's, there is no situation in this world that is hopeless ever, mm. ever, mm. ever, ever. When we get, when we get the help and support that we need and we start to work through it, there is hope and mm. there's, it's possible. Anyone can, there's, there's nothing in this world that you can't overcome there's nothing in this world that you can't work through. Mm -hmm. um, healing is always, always possible. And I think it's, well, hopefully, the way I view it now is it's becoming more acceptable. Like, you know, you went to talk to somebody about it. You know, I think it's different in maybe in America to in Britain. Like, that isn't, it, it's becoming more popular here. But back in the day, in my day, it wasn't particularly common. And I think a lot of people get, they're embarrassed. But actually, that's the first step is just to open up and be honest about how you're feeling. And then you start to let somebody in and you can start to release what's going on for you. But so many people just carry it around and don't want to talk Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. And there's a certain sector of my family who said, you know, who were opposed to it as well and said, you know what, God, you, the only thing you need in this world is God. God can help you through here. And I was like, listen, I need God. I need my higher power to help me here. But I need someone to give me some tools, some very concrete tools to help me to work through this. Mm, so, and God works through all these healers, you know, there's a higher power working through all these healers as well to support us. But certainly that shame or that embarrassment about facing something, 
you know, let's be honest, there's nothing to be embarrassed about in this world. Everyone, there's no one in this world who is untouched by pain or trauma of some sort. Everyone has their stuff. Everyone has come here to heal a certain aspect of themselves. So we're in that sense, we are all very unified. We are all very much alike. You know, everyone's working on something. So absolutely. And and talk to me about how you transitioned from obviously you've got this gift, you were developing it, you've been mentored, you've been coached. How did you transition and actually step into that as your career? I'll tell you what, I feel like I ran away from this aspect of myself for a very long time. I had a lot of fear elements, but I think, I think the reason why I ran away from it, I'm just reflecting right now. I've thought about it a lot in my life is that I didn't fully love myself. You know, it took me a long time to feel safe and secure inside my own body. It took me a long time to be able to look in the mirror and just say, you know what, Carrie, you're good. And, um, and you can do this. You know, it, it took me a very, very, it took me a while to get there. I mean, I would say my whole twenties were dedicated to having that, working on that self-belief and working on that trust with myself, trusting myself and loving myself. And in the meantime, you know, I was a journalist, um, I had a degree in journalism. So I was a journalist, I was a writer, um, and I was a teacher. So I feel what was happening is even though I wasn't ready in those moments, to step into my power fully or to step into this role fully, I feel like the universe was still preparing me for it. So it's like as of a writer, you know, the writing is very important because right now that's a lot of what I do in creating content is I'm constantly writing and communicating. I mean, my first job in when I was in high school was I worked at the local radio station. I had my own radio show. So I learned how to talk in front of people. I learned how to write. I learned how to teach, you know, even though I was working with children, I learned how to teach and how to stand up in front of groups. And those were all very important foundational skills that I needed to be able to do the work that I do now. So for any of you out there who are saying, oh, I'm not ready or I'm like, I'm just spinning my wheels here. I will say that's absolutely not true. I would go on record to say that every single thing that you have done up until this point is getting you ready or has gotten you ready to take mm-hmm. that next step absolutely that's, that's my opinion. I love that you brought that up because you know people get so freaked out by that why am I here what's my purpose and you know one of the things we kind of do with Kitty Talks is uh, unveil that it is a journey and that it is a breadcrumb trail and like you said you're being prepared for what you're supposed to do but you're prepared at the rate that you can take it and so you absolutely the- like when I was 21 years old I wasn't ready to be this today I would have been like are you kidding I can't do that. There's no way I would never have the confidence to step through it. Um, but you know, about, I would say about six years or so, my mentor who I would told you about, who I started working with, when I was 12 or 13. She called me one day out of the blue and she said, you know, you're ready. And I was like, what? <laughs> she was like, you've been giving three yes, you've been giving free readings for your entire life. And you've been talking about maybe doing this forever. And she said, I'm getting older. And my gener- I'm at the time, I didn't know it. She was getting ready to cross. Oh. Um, but she says, uh, she just told me, she said, I'm getting older. My generation is getting older. And we need to know that there is going to be another generation of healers who are going to take our place, who are going to assume their place at the table and going to step into their power and do this work. And she just said, she told me on the phone, 
I said, I don't think I'm good enough. And she said, you are every bit as good as I am. You just have to believe it. You just, all this is, is about belief. Um, and it, I'm like shaking right now as I'm telling you this story because I can feel her right now. And it would actually put, it puts a little tear in my eye because again, battling those, those feelings of feeling so unworthy <laughs> as I'm getting tearful. That was a big deal for me, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not sure I can do this. And she was there to say, you absolutely can. She said, you just have to try. She's like, I want you to start taking baby steps towards it. So I promised her um, that I would do something where I would allow people to pay for reading. So about a month later, I signed up to do this wellness fair. So I took out a booth. I rented a booth at a wellness fair. And I remember the night before... Um, I remember the night before saying to myself, this is just absolutely crazy. This is absolutely <laughs> crazy. <laughs> this is not going to work. But then I thought to myself, okay, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to at least try. And at least that'll be a data point. At least I'm going to put my toe in the water and see how this goes. Well, don't you know that the next morning I set up my, set up my booth about eight o'clock in the morning. And I did readings from 8 a.m. in the morning until 8 o'clock at night with a 10-minute break. I was oh lined God. up. People lined up for these little readings for me. My mom was manning my booth and my friends uh, were manning booth. And I was booked wow. the entire day. And those are the <laughs> data points that we need. <laughs> it's an awesome story. Um and so when people are wondering, oh, is this the right career choice for me? Or is this the right step for me? What I would encourage everyone to do is just try it, right? Take a little step, put, you know, just a little baby step and see, see how it works. Do the doors open for you? Is it successful? How does it feel? For me, I took that as validation. When I was booked from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., I took that as validation from the universe and say, go girl, this is, yeah, you're onto something. Yeah, fantastic. They really worked you hard. They were like, right, she's opened the door, let's go. <laughs> let's go through. Full force. But I love that as well, baby steps. Like, I think that's the other thing we're really trying to get across in these interviews is it Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, you just have to do a little bit every day towards your highest excitement, towards what lights you up, and slowly but surely your purpose will be unveiled to you. It's totally true. And I remember after that, then I, like, I... I sent out an email to like 50 friends and family and said, you know, I'm kind of doing a soft opening for my business. I'll do five free readings, but I'm just letting you all know. So it was like my, it was a little baby, another step in that direction. And immediately I had 10 people respond to me saying, hi, I want a reading. Hi, I want a reading, a paid reading. Um, so that was another step. And then, you know, it, it's just step by step by step. Um, but, you know, probably my biggest step was this last year when I was still teaching and I was trying to figure out, you know, I wanted to go full time with the business, but I was having a hard time. And I know that a lot of people out there are, they have their passion, but they're kind of working their passion on the side. And then they've got yeah. their and the paychecks here and the passions here. Yeah. Trying to figure out what to do. And I, I say, it's like having your feet in two, two canoes, you know, you're like right in the water. You got one foot over here and one foot over here. Um, and yet again, I sought out support. I'm really honest about that. About a year ago, you know, I went back into counseling because my soul was telling me, golly, I'm so, <sighs> teaching is not fulfilling me as much anymore. And I mm -hmm. so want to do the intuitive work full time that I'm so afraid to make the jump. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I had to work through another layer of feels, fears. My, my um, counselor and I, you know, initially what I said is, okay, I'm going to, um, I had to entertain the idea of working full time. I had to do a lot of visualization about how that would feel, which of course felt great to me. Then I remember taking a little baby step and going and talking to my boss and saying, hi, I want to do this work. So maybe I'll just take a semester off of school and see what happens. But as soon as I had made that decision and he and I had come to an agreement, um, I remember that we were supposed to go back to school in August. It was the beginning of June. And at the beginning of June, I got a call from someone wanting to do, wanting me to do a radio show the first day we were meant to go back to school. And I felt Uh, the universe saying, okay, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Is it going to be the intuitive work or are you going to go back to the status quo? And in that moment, I knew that I had to honor this new direction. Um, Mm -hmm. And so at that point, then I went back to my principal and said, you know, I know I said it, I I only wanted a semester off. Now I think now I need a full year off. Mm -hmm. So these are when you and I talk about the baby steps Mm -hmm. again, you just don't go from zero to a hundred overnight. Okay. Even in the process of making a decision, baby steps are so important because when we scare it by going from to zero to 100, I couldn't make that jump that quickly because my inner self was so afraid that she couldn't do it, that she wouldn't be supported, that there wouldn't be enough business. She was so nervous that I couldn't, I don't want to, I didn't want to terrorize her and freak her out because if I freaked her out, then I would have, none of this would have worked, you know, none of this would have worked. Can I ask, because I, you know, what I was getting then was what you were doing was, you know, transitioning through into your purpose. Like Mm -hmm. when we're doing our soul work, I believe that we are supported and we do get the support that we need because, you know, your soul work or your dharma will be you doing what lights you up and what is gives you the highest excitement but it's also in service to others great so i'm just you know i'm just curious for people listening because that obviously it is a big jump you know but did you did you find when you jumped that you could feel that support yes so what happened was that when i jumped all of a sudden i was booked out for almost two months straight Wow. So how about that is I ran a sale, I remember running a birthday sale. And then all of a sudden I was booked out for almost two months straight. And I was like, again, these are, this is the universe, the universe saying to me, ding, 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 ding. Okay. Yes. Opening doors, opening doors, opening doors saying, yes, you're going to be, you're supported. Yes. We're supporting you. Yes. This is the right thing to do. Um, but you know, so for me, that would have been that those were signs. Those were signs from the universe that it was going to be okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's like every little baby step that I took, the universe was met me with a stamp of approval. Do you understand? It's like every little baby step I took, but I guess the point I want to make to others as well is that the reason why we're talking about baby steps is because you ha- we need to feel comfortable in everything that we're doing. You want to push yourself, but you don't want to push yourself to the point where you're so afraid that you can't take action. So that's the reason why I'm saying make your transition in a gentle, you know, for some, for me, making a gentle transition was really important because 
I was, there are parts of me, I had to take that time to work through my fears, you know? Yeah. I have, I've made choices before in the past where I just made a huge leap. And then when I made the leap, I was scared out of my mind and I was paralyzed with fear. So on the other side of the leap, then it took me like a month or it took me a substantial amount of time to get myself grounded and to get myself feeling okay. So this time I just decided I was going to take baby steps and do it very incrementally so that when I was ready, I would be able to fully step into it without that, without that fear. Mm. So beautiful, but no, really good advice for people listening, because I think, you know, you, the universe will match you where you're at. And like, you were almost asking for signs and then booking you out. I think that's <laughs> But talk to me, um, talk to me a bit, because obviously I know you interweave astrology and, and numerology into what you do, and I know the next year is an 11 year, is that Universal 11 or something? Or so, so it's a, well, it's a two year, so I, it's, it's actually, it's 2018. Yeah, so it was a one this year, and it's a two next year. Yeah, it's a, we're in 2018, is it a, is it a two year? We're, we just came from a one year, 2017 yeah. was a one year, which was all about new beginnings, and kind of a new order, which we can see actually that did transpire in 2017, even when, 2017, even when we look at, at um, governments. I mean, look at how many new world orders were established this last year um, and new ways of being in the world. 2018, we're moving, we're moving into a two-year, which is really um, all about love. That two energy is all about love. It's all about peace and harmony and seeking harmony. And it's very diplomatic. It's a very diplomatic energy. Uh, so I, my hope this year is that we're going to be finding diplomatic means in which to solve our problems and in which to approach our problems than just outright force or brute, like brute force or brute. But we've also had a big shift in the sense of astrologically Saturn has just moved into Capricorn for the next three years, which is really all about putting in the hard work um, mm -hmm. to achieve your dreams that, you know, the putting in the sweat, you know, doing your time you know, not cutting any corners, being really ethically sound about how you approach your projects in your life, that that will be rewarded. That if you put in the hard work and you put in the effort that the universe is going to meet you again, okay? There are no shortcuts here. In the next three years, there are no shortcuts, but you will be rewarded for, for hard work. Um, and for me, astrology and numerology were just you know, my mentor taught me that she said, you know, I want to give you as many tools in your, in your toolbox um, to use in your sessions, but also to use in your life. And I just, for me, astrology is um, a great way of talking about the energies on a universal level. The same thing with numerology on a universal level, um, even not even looking at someone's specific chart, but to look at it universally. Uh, which I absolutely love as I work with a lot of people when I'm doing my teaching with a lot of people because the, like Saturn and Capricorn is going to affect many of us in a very similar way. You know, there are a lot of similar themes. Same thing with this two, with the two energy for this upcoming year. Mm, beautiful. Wonderful. Well, I would like to say thank you, first of all, because I really know that your story will have helped a lot of people listening. So not only for being so open and authentic about what happened to you when you were little and telling us the story, but I know that a lot of people listening will have got real value from the advice that you've given. So thank you, darling. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Oh, you're so welcome. It was great. I don't talk, this, these are not aspects of my story that I talk about often. So I'm really happy to share it. You know, for everyone out there who's 
working towards the dream. You know, everyone has a story and it's a journey. And I also want to remind people that it's really the journey that matters most. Okay. It's not really the destination because I'm going to tell you that when you achieve your dream, there's going to be a next horizon. Okay. So if you can really immerse yourself in the journey and really appreciate the journey. Okay. Because it's in the journey, it's in the climb. There's a song, song called the climb, I think by Miley Cyrus. It's the climb. That's where, that's, that's where the, that's, that's where the good stuff is. You know, that's, that's the good stuff. Um, and we can be focused, can't we, on the end result? And actually, like you said, the kind of gift is in the journey, and you know, along the, along the way, we have the fun. So that remember that, you know, remember that fun. Yeah, it's really true. It's really true. Hmm. And I and I would uh, like to also recommend Carrie's work. I've had a reading with Carrie, and she blew me away with the accuracy um, and got straight to the heart of the matter really, really quickly. So, you know, for those of you wanting to know more about her and her work, we will have all her details in the show notes. But she's just a wonderful human being. <laughs> and I'm really pleased we connected because I feel like I've got a kindred spirit and a new friend. <laughs> me too, me too. You are, I will say the same thing about you, Jenny. You are just your honesty and your openness oh, and what you're doing here for others i'm telling you absolutely absolutely wonderful and healing thank you so much thank you um we will see you again next week on kitty talks thank you so much for listening to kitty talks be sure to head over to our kittytalks.com website become a member of our exclusive club and you'll get free interviews and access to our private Facebook group. Exclusive webinars and secret success interviews. See you there.